Welcome to the EdTech Founders Podcast from EdTech Garage. In this podcast series, we interview engaged early-stage founders from across Europe who are a part of the EdTech Garage network. Hi everyone listening across Europe and in fjords and mountains everywhere else. This is the ninth episode of the EdTech Founders podcast from EdTech Garage. I'm your host Frank Albert Coates and today we have Alexandra Marovic with us who is the founder of Beyond the Box, a subscription-based skills platform for enterprises based in Italy. Her vision is to eliminate the skills mismatch by 2030. Hi, Alexandra. Hi. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm very happy to have you on the show. Thank you for having me here. I'm super excited. Cool. So let's dive into it. Um, So tell me more about uh, the company and where you're at, um, because I'm, I'm intrigued to know more. So, yes, um, as you know, all the companies do invest in training. Employees still lack specific skills to carry out their daily activities. Uh, So we found out that 80% of them get stuck at least four times per week. And they Google everything. They spend 12 hours per week Googling things and searching for information. Uh, So that's why we created Beyond the Box. It's a, a subscription-based skills platform for enterprises, as you said. We harness the power of artificial intelligence to match the professional's um, request of employees with the right experts and connect them over one-to-one video calls of 20 or 40 minutes uh, so they can get support for the daily challenges and learn through interaction. So it's a really everyday uh, on-job support. Um, now we are generating the first revenues. We are on the market since last year. We have about 2,500 experts in the platform and now fundraising 1 million euro to uh, invest in uh, the indirect sales distribution channel, new team members and of course uh, technology as we are a young startup. Wow, exciting times. Um, and and <laughs> first hard. revenues... <laughs> Yeah, and first revenues as well, which is obviously a, a big milestone. Um, and I have one question in, in terms of the model. Uh, talking to other founders, they often say, okay, should we go down the B2C route or the B2B route? And, and here you're chosen the B2B route. Do you want to say a bit more about uh, why? Um, I think it's mainly because of my background. I always worked in uh, companies as a a business development manager, and I always felt I had a lack of skills. My manager was giving me new challenges, new new tasks. Uh, The company was small. We were like 15, 20 employees, and no one was helping me. So I wanted to make a change. So uh, build something that was really useful for uh, for companies and for people working in the companies. If you um, if people learn and grow, the company can grow. So that's is the main reason. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and um, another question around that. So it's essentially a marketplace you built, right? Um, where you bring together these experts with with companies and individuals. Um, 
and uh, we've ha- we've had a few other marketplace uh, uh, founders on uh, on the podcast and in the garage as well. Anything you can share uh, around marketplaces in particular, and and how you were able to build that up from start startup? Uh, it's not easy because you have kind of uh, double side customers. So you have expert on one side, and the other side you have the um, the companies. We are working a lot of attracting people that share our values and vision. Uh, so it's not just uh, a way to to, um, to to be paid for your skills, for your competencies, but it's really embracing a new way of working. So um, my suggestion is really to, to attract the people that you want to uh, work with you, even if they are just, you know, customers, but uh, having the same values that you have. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and and just talking about COVID, have you seen a change? Uh, obviously, you, you you started, you came to market sort of in the middle of COVID. Did you see a change from when you tested out the platform to, to today based on what's happening in the workplace today? Well, now companies are more open to embrace uh, uh, an online platform. It was, uh, I think, harder before. Uh, so the, the COVID, the pandemic uh, forced us to change our mindset on this kind of stuff. So on one hand, it's very positive. Um, on the other, I think now we are growing, uh, but I feel people need real connection on real life. So I think now that we are going back to... Uh, events, you know, physical events, uh, I see that uh, uh, they appreciate a lot being in, in touch with uh, with people again. So um, we it opened the door, it fastened the, the, the development of a tech startup, but we still have a long road to go. Good. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So let's take a step uh, back um, and talk about how come you ended up in in EdTech and and start up the company. You mentioned a few things already. Um, Do you want to to tell a bit more um, also to to stepping out of corporate life and, and doing a startup? Uh, well, I founded Beyond the Box three years ago, and I had actually no idea that tech tech existed. Um, I just wanted people to be able to share their skills on one side, and on the other, the, the companies to get access to, to those skills. Um, and everything became clear last year when uh, we applied to this acceleration program in Italy, uh, Futured, so they are uh, also sponsored by H Farm. Um, they f- were focused on the ed tech. I didn't know that. I just, you know, read the regulation and I said, okay, this is me. I should apply to that. And then I finally found out what the ed tech is and start to learn about that and uh, read magazines and articles. And it was like a wow moment for me, an epiphany, because it really felt like we finally find found our home. So it was like really a, a, a super powerful moment because every every word we were using now had you know um, a meaning, not just for us but for everyone. It's you know it felt great to to find the ed tech, and the more we are into that, 
uh, the more we see amazing startups building something great for the future. So really think this is a, a beautiful place to be, yeah. And do you think you would have uh, started up or, or um, been able to do what you do without the accelerator? Uh, it will be much harder. It always helps to be surrounded by people that are in this vertical or the, with mentors that can uh, help you know, to see things from a different point of view. Um, when you're working, I mean, at least for, for us, when, when we are working in our startup, we are always like head down and doing operations every day, you know, and sometimes it's good to, you know, uh, lift your head and see what's happening around and uh, share thoughts and moments and listen what the market is saying and everything. And this was possible only because of the accelerator program. And we made a promise that we will never, you know, uh, close ourselves in the office. But from now on, we will always go out, meet new people and, uh, uh, you know, share our experience with other startups because this really gives us values. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, and if we talk a bit about um, how you see the company um What's, what's your uh, secret source or edge uh, and, and what will make you succeed? Uh, that's a good one. Um, well, I think there are mainly two things. Uh, one is uh, the passion. You really need to love what you're doing. Uh, it seems obvious, but um, um, you, need have, you need to have a bigger why. Yeah, this is super important. Otherwise, the, the bad moments with, uh, will make you frustrated and you could not, you know, uh, go... Uh, sorry. I hope you didn't hear my phone ringing. That's the only thing you should not do on a podcast. So, sorry about that. <laughs> But uh, yes, the passion is the first thing. Um, and the other one is perseverance because, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So it really takes time uh, to build a company. And sometimes we um, used to compare our day one with day 100 of someone else. Uh, and uh, having your own startup, it's like running a marathon. It really takes time and perseverance because, you know, uh, you need to build those um, growing mindset. Growth mindset, yes. Absolutely, and um, so linked to your your passion, um, is there a, is there a specific challenge that uh, you you have been able to overcome thanks to maybe your passion and other things, and and uh, that you were able to solve? Um. I think it's the emotional shock uh, I'm facing every day. At the beginning, it was really, really hard with those ups and downs. Um, because when you're talking about problems you face during your startup uh, journey, like uh, go-to-market customers, investors, timesheets, or other stuff, um, I'm prepared. I mean, I just sit there with my co-founder, and we, we focus, we look for you know, solutions. And if it, the problem is like huge problem, we just split it into smaller ones and solve them one by one. 
but it's very difficult and it's very different when it's about the mindset. Uh, if you are a founder and a CEO, you actually feel lonely without actually being alone. Uh, and uh, I've learned that nothing, nothing lasts forever. So when I have those bad moments, I actually embrace them. I maybe have a bath, a good glass of wine. Uh, I cry probably for a few hours. Uh, but then the day after, I start again because, you know, there is always a solution to everything. You just need to uh, feel your emotions and uh, embrace them uh, because every there is always a solution. Yes. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and actually, that, that leads me on to another question. When you looked at the, the needs in, in the companies, in the enterprises, um, you, um, you picked the area of, of expertise to be able to help people with their expertise when they have problem. Um, did you also think about sort of coaching uh, ar around that as well, which is a separate area, like you're doing mentoring, but um, related to everything you lived through as an employee and obviously as a founder, was that an area you looked into as well? Uh, we do have some uh, psychologists as well in the in the platform for the employees, of course, because you know well, you have to also handle the stress. Uh, and we also have a set of soft skills because sometimes you need to know how to give a feedback uh, to a colleague or how to make a critic to a colleague. So uh, there are some techniques that can actually help you to do that in a better way. So we, of course, helping also in this way. Okay, so very complete from uh, mentoring to coaching and, and uh, with the psychological, uh, let's say, safety yeah. uh, in there as well. Okay. Um, and if you look uh, forwards in the next six to 12 months, what's keeping you up at night? Uh, I would say the team. <laughs> So having the right people is really crucial for us. And 40% of my time is dedicated to uh, choose, retain, and motivate talents for, for our startup. Uh, we have four generations in our company, starting from gen Generation Z, uh, Millennials, and Generation X. And they are motivated uh, by different things. And we need to really take care uh, of all of them. And if you have the right people, you can really face all the other challenges that are coming in the next months. And any, uh, any uh, tips on, on how to manage such a, well, diverse workforce? Uh, well, they are motivated by, again, different things. So the younger ones want to talk a lot about their uh, also personal life and they need to have a sort of gamification at work. So being always challenged by new things. Uh, while the, let's say, older uh, generation, they are more motivated by money. So a career, a bonus at the end of the year. So... Um, you just choose a different approach and uh, uh, you, you just succeed with that. Yes, they don't want to share personal things, uh, but they prefer like, you know, to, to build their career and maybe earn a little bit more. That makes sense. And if you look more broadly at everything you experienced since you created the, the startup, um, is there one piece of advice that you would give 
to other founders? Um, I would say build a product that people love um, because if you um, have a great go-to-market but customers don't like your product, it uh, will be a long and hard ride and it can be really frustrating. But if you create something that people really love, even if you have a very small customer base, once you have you know, a bad moment, you just turn around, see your customer, talk to them, and you will remember why you did this and how people is happy by using your product. And you can always fix the go-to-market strategy with test failures, experience. But if you build a good product, it means that you are really obsessed by their problem and you can make a difference. So yes, focusing a lot on building something people love. Excellent. And, and, um, like what, what do you do to make sure that you build something that people love? I talk to them every single day. Uh, we all talk to our customers, uh, randomly also the developers, the marketing, uh, uh we do the customer service, uh, every one of us, because you really have to understand the issues and the good parts of the, uh, of our product, because you know, the, you, you have to listen to people. That's the only way to build something they, they like. So I'm forcing everyone from the team to, to do that every week. Excellent. I, I like that. Um, and that was actually the, the last question I had, Alexandra. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure and good luck with uh, all the exciting things that you're about uh, to do now. Thank you very much. It was great. And, uh, I'm looking for, to become a Decacore now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cool. <laughs> Bye. See you, Alexandra. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the EdTech Founders podcast from EdTech Garage. Find further episodes and more about the EdTech Garage network on edtechgarage.org.